When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Adam. Let's talk Hoya. Hey guys! Hey! <laughs> distracted. <laughs> yeah, Jesse like gives you the head nod like, talk now. <laughs> Should we do the whole intro over again? No, that's good. No, that's okay. fine. Be Hi. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this gives us personality. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, so welcome back. So I know it was not too long ago that we ended out our Hoya Care series, um, but we were supposed to finish out with listener questions. So we just had to share the April Mall episode with y'all. So, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we did a little switcheroo. We did. That was so much fun, guys. Oh, my gosh, it was. Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Girls, gays, and days. Yes. So much I'm fun. so excited for more guests. <laughs> but. Yeah, but as promised, we asked you guys some listener questions about some things that maybe we didn't cover in depth enough that you guys wanted us to answer. So this is going to be a nice, short episode answering some listener questions so here we go and if we don't answer your question or if you still have a question just hound us in dms it'll get to us at some point one day <laughs> one day <laughs> yeah i try y'all I'll try to stay on top of those dms <laughs> we'll start with the questions and uh we're gonna try and pronounce your guys's handles but if we mispronounce them sorry about that we're not perfect Handles from Instagram. Yeah, Yeah. Instagram handles. We'll try our best. So the first question from Grown Met Julia says, do you also need to pH balance when you grow your Hoya in soil mix? What's the answer, guys? I mean, personally, I'm lazy, so I just mix a big gallon of water and I pH balance it. I put all the nutrients and then all of my plants get that. The ones in perlite, the ones in soil, the ones in whatever substrate they're in, they're getting in the same water. And I don't think it's hurting them to pH balance. Yeah, but mm, I think it's a little more difficult though with soil. Well, no, what you say is fine because that's exactly what I would do Mm, if I had plants in soil. Same. But soil has its own like, you know, our pond in Lekka is neutral. Like it doesn't have any, Mm -hmm. it's not basic or acidic. But soil is, depending on what's, like, in there. But, yeah. 
Because there's know. different, yeah, there's like different additives and amendments that are added to soil that have a certain pH. So it depends on like what's in your soil. So what would you recommend? Yes, <laughs> pH balance or no pH? Isn't there a pH balancing kit for soil you though? Can, yeah, there you can are purchase pH balancing them. kits for soil, but I don't know if that would be. Because then you have to balance the I pH mean, is for gonna every walk single and plant. Yeah, a four inch so pot's pH like every it. like month you know that seems very i don't know i think the best bet is to getting the nutrients where you it needs to be but i don't know yeah you know i yeah i say i don't know but if i had soil i'd probably buy a soil testing kit probably but the thing is yeah but the thing is like i have some plants that are in soil but i've never tested the soil ph but i still water those plants with my pH balanced. Yeah, that's water. pH balanced mm. and they grow well. So like I would assume if, you know, something wasn't right or something, then, you know, you, there would be obvious signs of, you know, the leaves like yellowing or, you know, like obvious signs of, you know, pH being too acidic or um, what's the opposite of acidic? Basic. Alkaline. Oh. Or alkaline. Alkaline. Mm. That sounds better than basic. Yeah. Basic. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess the answer is we do, but if you know more, let us know. <laughs> yeah, we pH balance our yeah. yeah, and there's a soil pH balancing kit that you can use um, to help with that. So, And also, since the whole world is currently spraying sulfur on their plants, just FYI, sulfur lowers the pH of oh, your soil. Interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in relation to soil-based and fertilizers, CSP1232 asked, can you use the hydroponic fertilizers with soil-based Hoyas or is a, di- a different one better? And honestly, to answer that one, we all use the same nutrient solution that we use for soil and for hydroponics. And I've read the bottles of the nutrient solution that we use. And it'll say on there that it's for um, hydroponic growing, soil, like all sorts of different media. So honestly, unless you read on the back of it and it says specifically like, no, don't, I would say it's perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of people doing the general hydroponics nutrient solution Mm -hmm. for hydroponics, uh, in soil and they've seen some good signs from it or good success, but I don't put the same in my soil that I do my pond and Lekka. Mm-hmm. In my soil, I just do water and foliage, foliage pro. Foliage pro, yeah. Which I've read that mm-hmm. on the foliage pro that that one is okay for hydroponic growing and for soil mm-hmm. and general hydroponics. Like very, like right on the front, it says on there, you can use it for cocoa, hydroponic, soil. So it's for all usages. Yeah. As far as the ones that we use, so. All right, Alex Grace underscore M asks, how often do you flush pond and clean the reservoirs? Do do you ever flush with hydrogen peroxide for rot? Oh my God, when I saw this question, I was like, damn, those are good ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Remember one time when you were flushing your pond at home, Adam, and I was like, wait, you do that? (laughs) Yeah. But I have since flushed my pond about once every three months. Well, that's good. That's better yeah. than never. Yeah, it is way better than never. But yeah. I've never used the hydrogen peroxide. Me either. No. Well, I have if algae got really bad. Oh. But you flush your plants at every watering. Yeah, I do. It mm-hmm. gives me a moment to to just like kind of 
look at each plant mm-hmm. and like admire it because you guys get all the text message photos when I'm yeah. watering plants and Instagram yeah, stories. Yeah, and Instagram yeah. stories too. Um, so, and then I also, <laughs> that was a house cat, not your cat, listeners. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but then also, uh, I gives me a chance to like spray them down with the hose when I was like, yeah. you know, battling flat mites and it's always good to just shower the Hoya anyway. But yes, every time I water, I take it and I rinse through the Leca or the pond and then add nutrient solution. And I scrub the reservoir with my, you know, my hand, mm-hmm. but my clear ones used to get algae really bad, which, but I don't use those anymore. Mm. And I've started doing that just because I'm trying to do everything that Adam <laughs> does and just be like you, cause your plants grow so fast. I'm trying to be like you, but the reason that I didn't before was just because like to carry every single plant to the sink. It's a lot. Right. And I know that you wait, like you'll look through your plants and then they get watered whenever they're dry, but all of my plants get watered every week. So Oof. to take every single plant every week to the sink is like a lot. So I used to only do it every month to every two months, but I'm I'm borrowing your plant potty right now, yeah. <laughs> which plant potty is this like cool... 3D printed contraption that sits on a five gallon bucket. And now I just put my plants on there and I run water through them and I flush them that way. Life changer. Miracles. Yeah, but you also flush your plants with the water that you're hauling from the store in the big five gallon jugs, don't you? Well, ever since we did that one episode, <laughs> and I, just I said I just use up, the sink. You know, I just fill up a gallon jug with sink water. <laughs> I'm glad that I can help you relax in your care routine. Like you can take a chill pill and you're like, well, if Adam just uses sink water, then I'll just use sink water. Yeah. So now <laughs> I just, you know, get a five gallon jug and I don't have to get like so many of them a week. I <laughs> yeah. can only, I only like go through one now. So it's nice. Well, that's good. So um, reservoirs, I don't clean out. I do rinse out, but I don't like scrub them. I scrub mine every time. You do with like soap? No, I have this like soft bristle, like rounded brush, like the water bottle cleaning brushes. Mm-hmm. And then I just do like a swipe through it. Yeah. That's all I do. But I know for root rot, because I've never used hydrogen peroxide before. But remember we mentioned the, what is the hydrogrow? Hydroguard. Hydroguard. <clears throat> which you use. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, that was a big one. We should not we should not have drank milk tea before. It's okay. <clears throat> Get off let me <laughs> and laughing. Um Hydroguard is a root inoculant mm-hmm. that Ooh, is word. supposed to eat rotted roots or break it down to a material where the plant can uptake it. Yeah, because it has like a bacterium or a bacillus or something in it is what it said on there. And so that, and I've actually started using it too. And I mean, no negative effects. I must be doing something. Oh yeah, there's no negative effects. And I think that it's good. Yeah. Um, But I, you still have rotted roots. Mm -hmm. If you're growing in hydro, you're going to have roots that fall apart, schleff off. Like it just happens. Yeah. So you're not going to just never have roots because sometimes they'll poke out the bottom and they'll just constantly be in your reservoir solution and they just kind of turn mush. But I know that there's so many other roots in the root ball that I'm not concerned about it. Yeah. Don't freak out. Sometimes I usually just grab them and I just rip them all (gasps) off. You do. I've seen you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So to answer the question, (laughs) (laughs) at every watering, and we do not flush with hydrogen peroxide and we clean out our pots every so often. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the next question that we have in regards to fertilizers from Case Struggs. How do we feel about foliar fertilizer sprays for Hoya? We've used them. I think mm-hmm. we've all used them, right? Yeah, like the the orchid, Miracle Grow Orchid. Yeah. Mist. Yeah. But now you also said you make your own from the Foliage Pro, right? Yeah, or any of the um like the liquid nutrients and fertilizers can be used as a foliar application. You just have to dilute it further. So dilute it like there's usually instruct instructions on there it'll be like half the strength or a quarter of the strength of what you would use as like your watering you can mm. just pour it into those spray bottle and use it as a full year spray and yeah it works i mean if it's something that you want to do i would say go for it but just make sure that your lights are off there's no sunlight coming in so that it doesn't burn your leaves yeah i was gonna say that good job because dots of water on your plants oh, tanks <laughs> Dots of water on your plants are basically just a magnifying glass. Wow. And they will burn the F out of them. Yep, yep. Also, if your philodendrons have burns on them, it's usually the... Extra floral nectaries. Yes. But this is a Hoya podcast. Yeah, sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they do taste good, though. If you give it a little licky. I recommend licking it. <laughs> one it. time, one of Jesse's, which I, oh, it was your Mayoi, yeah. had extra flow of nectaries all over the foliage, and she just like started from the bottom and was like, Rip, oh, all like the way to the top. Cone, yes. Just, <laughs> yeah, to anytime I see that nectarine, I'm like, <laughs> all over it. Like, new, new <laughs> from Telly <Tally> Tubbies. <laughs> I'm just like sitting in my chair. I'm like, what are you You like the goat doing? from April's house? Yep. <laughs> Anyway, it was good. It's good. I like it. Well, even at at April's greenhouse, there was a cinemafolia that had a lot of like leakage, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) You were. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so next set of questions. So I know, I feel like flat mites have officially become a craze not a good craze but good in a way that people now know about it and can help their plants um but quarantine.plant.mom asked sulfur treats flat mites can it treat any other pests yeah yes Yes, it it can can. (laughs) what was it that you told me it helps with um scale scale Mm -hmm. scale other types of um, like spider mites. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it says on the bottle, like the application. Yeah. I wish I would have brought the bottle, but it does list a bunch of other pests on there that you can. Oh, so the bottle, the my co-host, Jessie, was so <laughs> kindly pulled up because she's the best Jessie's at the internet. always ready. <laughs> she she's is, like, here, I got you. Her little thumbs work so fast. Yeah, you they're always doing the mostest. <laughs> um, she like has a whole novel conversation with someone on text if she's sitting with you and you don't even know that she's ever on her phone because it's just like... It's like sorry, okay, sidebar. <laughs> um, uh, it controls listed mites, which flat mites is not listed on there, but it still controls them. Thrips and scale. That's what... It says on the front of the bottle. Oh, not other spider mites. Well, listed mites. So I'm sure there's oh, other okay, list. Okay, there's okay. other. Yes, yes. So it control it controls a lot of different mites. Also, thrips and scale. Yeah, nice. which would be which good nice. for scale. Yeah, Oof. for me because I have all three of them right now. <laughs> but yeah, because anyway. scale has such a long life cycle. So answer yeah. is yes. Yeah, it treats others. 
All right. Here we have Adriana9591, who says, if you only found one Hoya with flat mites, would you treat your whole collection? In parentheses, 120 Hoyas. The answer is yes. I know the pain. I really do. But chances are they're on more than just that one. Yeah. And the thing is, I tried to be lazy when I recently um, sulfur treated my Hoyas and I sprayed them on the shelves. And then I had to, <laughs> I had to do double the job, guys. Okay. <laughs> I got it all over the walls. Adam and I were together, and we were like, "Is she? Is she just spraying the while the plants are on the shelf? That's gonna get everywhere." You guys, it ricocheted uh-huh. everywhere. Now, not only does my bathroom smell like sulfur, because the next shelves I did take to the bathroom, mm-hmm. but now my office smells like sulfur, and I. And I was going to fly the next day and I was scared that yeah. the airport would like scan my hand because I oh. also didn't wear gloves. And you know how sometimes they do that wipey thing and they're going to be like, why are you handling sulfur? Oh, Which is a main ingredient really... for boom booms. So is I was it? like, oh, really? Isn't it? I don't know. I don't well, I can't Google that. But <laughs> I feel like it smells like when you light oh, a match. I can't Google that. Oh yeah, God. it does. So I was You're like, right. please don't. Wipe my hands. Oh, gunpowder. Yeah, sulfur. Yeah. Okay. So that was a whole fiasco. I smelled like sulfur for a week. So you really did just leave all your plants on your shelf. You sprayed it in there. With the pressure sprayer. With, it wasn't even a regular. It was like that little one. It was everywhere. And then you went and lifted everything up and wiped your shelves down? Well, because it got all over the walls, I had to move the shelves. Well, maybe it was a good day for I you to I had to clean out the, the plant <laughs> graveyard. And then I had to remove everything, clean the shelves, put everything back. And then the next two shelves I did take to the bathroom. Okay. (laughs) I learned my lesson. Since we're on the sulfur topic, let's talk about some safety precautions. Wear (sighs) gloves. If you go on Amazon, they even sell these sleeves that go from your... Um, your wrist all the way up past your elbow. So you can feel fancy like Cinderella. And make sure if you're like outside or something. I didn't feel fancy. I felt like I was going to inseminate a cow. Oh my gosh. Oh. If you're outside or something, make sure to wear tennis shoes. And then after you're done spraying the plants, take your clothes off promptly. Put them in the wash and wash them. Wait, do I go inside before taking my clothes off? Or is that optional? <laughs> <laughs> Because if I get arrested, I'll be like, um, this podcast told me to take my clothes off. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to be safe, I guess you could like, but go like go in your garage and close the garage door and then take your clothes off or something. But anyway, be safe. Don't, yeah. don't do what Jesse did. Don't, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do, because it really is, uh, like the office reeks of sulfur now. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. But to answer your question, Adriana, I don't know like what your setup is or anything, but say the Hoya that you found with flat mites is on one shelf. I would at least treat all of the Hoya that like are sharing that same shelf with the one that's got the problems because at the very least, those may come up with eggs mm-hmm. even like a couple of weeks, a couple of months later. So just to be safe and to save yourself heartache in the future, I would do that. Um, or any, like if there were like vines touching that Hoya, anything that was touching or around it at yeah. least. Yeah. And I just, I do want to add in here because I was of the mindset of you and not wanting to treat more than just the one that I found things on. When I had put beneficial mites which are as small as flat mites Mm -hmm. when i put the beneficial mites in my prop boxes you can literally see their trails 
in the humidity. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And they get around. Yeah. And so I used to think like, oh, if it was just on this plant, it's no big deal. But easily could have got, could be in root or getting to the ones near it. So I guess, and I have a lot of big Hoya too that touch each other. Yeah. Because how they have to be in the window and I'm sure other people do too. So yeah, it's just best to treat. And then you'll be done. After you do this, then you'll be done. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll kind of share what to do after the sulfur treatment because someone asked a question. Yeah. And continuing in that line, Arlie Beneath Canopies asked, "What what to do after sulfur treatments? Roots are fine and it's still not growing. And in parentheses, Hoya griffithii. Yeah. Hmm. And I think like it can take some time. You still have to be patient. But I think like two important questions is, did you go through the entire life cycle? Because it's not just one spray and done. So did you go through the entire life cycle of this pest, which is at least um, eight weeks, which is two months? Um, And also, you know, have you looked at it under a microscope? Is there still any eggs? Like, is there still some like going through the life cycle? Were there a lot on there? Like, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like the main thing is like stick with it. So after you do the sulfur treatment, um, like what we recommend is if you have like a really, really bad case, make sure you spray everything down, even take like a soft bristle toothbrush and scrub down each plant. I know it's a lot of work but I promise it's worth it. Scrub down each plant and then do your sulfur sulfur treatment and do that every week for the next eight weeks. If you don't have like as much as a big problem, but say you just found it on like a couple, I would say do that same thing, like wipe down all of the plants that you saw the flat mites on, but reapply every month for at least the next like three months. Yeah. And then the regular like alcohol spray also helps because you said that. It does. It does help with the adult ones. Yeah. It we got to do an experiment on that. Yeah. Um, so, and then after that, patience. <laughs> the queen but, of patience yeah. is calling for patience here, guys. Patience before it. She's like, okay, this is what you have yeah. to do. And list out this 10-step program that's going to take half a year. And you're just like, okay. Because <laughs> some plants just take some time. Like, remember, you have the New Guinea ghost that... There was nothing wrong with it. And how long did it take for it to actually start growing? A long time. Yeah, it was months and months. Got it. It's fine. Now you yeah, come back. Months and months and months. And I had a Polyneura um, Broget that I had gotten. And within a whole year, it grew one set of leaves and did nothing. No pests. I checked under the microscope. There was nothing wrong with it. And then it took another year for it to actually start growing. But now that it started growing, it gives me a new set of leaves all the time. Mm. And that, yeah. That carnosa is still not growing, huh? The Nova Ghost. I tossed it. Oh, I didn't know you tossed it. Yeah, it did did not make it. It dried up? No, it was, maybe it was the opposite effect because it had a little tiny stem and I think maybe it rotted a little bit and there was no good stem left to like make sure it lived. It, it could have stayed in my house, just. Jesse, just, it, was, it was dead. She, will, she can't, she can't accept the dead. fact until she sees it and she mushes it between her fingers. Yeah. 
No, it was she was gone. Hola, hoya friends. So we launched our Patreon, aka Peduncle Pals. It's been a joy connecting more with all of you, chatting in our Facebook group, and sharing more behind the scenes through our exclusive Patreon episodes every month. We're blown away by your support, and we're so grateful for every one of you that is joining us on this club. You can subscribe through our Patreon link through our Instagram bio, episode descriptions, or show notes. See you there. Looking to elevate your gardening game this season? Well, look no further than Coast of Maine, your go-to source for premium organic soils for over 28 years. Organic approved and sourced from oceans and farms, their full range of garden and lawn products are designed to restore roots to the natural world. So picture this. You're struggling with lackluster soil, just like I did last year, and your garden plans just aren't thriving. And that was until we discovered Coast of Maine. Their products infused my soil with the healthy microbes and nutrients it was craving, resulting in vibrant outdoor plants that practically thanked me for the upgrade. Omri listed and crafted from natural ingredients like lobster shells and fish bones. Their products not only nourish your plants, but also your peace of mind. Are you ready to take your garden to the next level? Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. That's why their products are carried by local retail partners who provide advice and insight, not just found in big box stores. And Coast of Maine knows from beginning to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. Their products make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. Let's get growing together. Visit coastofmaine.com today. That's coastofmaine with an E.com. Our next question comes from Plant Therapy, and they say, have you received a rooted cutting with a peduncle and got it to bloom? How long did it take? Oh, I have never. I have. I have, too. Of course you have. Yeah. Wait, something Mine something other April. than your Bella bloomed? A oh. long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You rooted it and you got it to bloom? Dang. No, it says... A rooted cutting with a peduncle. Oh, a rooted cutting. Yeah. Yes, I received a <laughs> rooted um, variegated carii. Oh. Um, and it had a peduncle on there, and it actually managed to bloom. Wow. Beautifully. Nice. And then I killed the whole plant. Well. It had one good last hurrah. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the uh, Hoya Laconosa X unknown seedling from... Mm. UPT from mm-hmm, April mm-hmm. Um, came with a peduncle and it bloomed while, but I think the bud, the buds were already forming on the peduncle when I yeah. cut it and there was no roots on that cutting. Like I cut wow. that section and it still flowered, wow. but then it hasn't since and the peduncle has fallen off. And it didn't take very long either. I think it was within like a month or something that it bloomed, didn't it? Yeah. And I've had some propagations actually bloom in my prop box when they were just propagating. So yeah, it does happen. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, another flower-related question from Marble Oliva is, is it normal for the flower buds to fall before they open, or is this a bad sign? Well, it ain't great. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what we want, but it happens. Yeah, it does happen. Um, If your watering is a little bit inconsistent, or if you let the plant dry out completely, um, or if you change the environment completely, like they can be a little finicky and just fall off too. So if it happens, sometimes it happens. Yeah, my Hoya Lacanosa Ponsug. All the time. All the time. Yeah. It always has buds and they turn yellow and I just tap them a little and they fall off. But a lot of my other Hoyas do that too. And sometimes yeah. like 
out of an umbel of like 20 buds. One sometimes, makes it. Yeah, sometimes one. I was going to say sometimes five make it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but well, sometimes only one makes, makes it. it. But you know what? That is the prettiest damn <laughs> bloom. And that thing is going to, I mean, survival of the fittest. Yeah. That's the winning sperm. Yeah. So, you know, to answer your question, no, it's not a sign of anything bad. As long as the plant is still healthy, I feel like blooms can be a lot more finicky. So, yeah. yeah. So you're doing good. Do you, when you see one of your Hoyas blooming, do you try to make sure you like take extra good care of it? Or you just kind of like, eh, I'll check that in a few days. Um, I don't do anything extra cause I know that's not going to help, but I do look at it every day and I feel like just looking at it doesn't help either because for some <laughs> reason, never boils. I always end up with just one bloom that opens out of a whole cluster. My Bermanica, all of the flowers, all the buds fell off besides one. Mm-hmm. And My, it yeah. And it bloomed. My Hushgliana outer variegated, same thing. They all fell off, but one and it bloomed. No, but the plants like we still want to. We want to show you something. Yeah, we don't they, have the energy, but yeah, look at it. They didn't you. get an A plus, but they barely managed to get a C. So, mm. <laughs> well, that, that kind of goes with um, <laughs> Marble Olivia's question: Is it normal for the flower buds to fall before they open, or is this Babe, a sign we of just? That's <laughs> the question we were <laughs> answering. I want to leave this in. <laughs> I thought we were talking about receiving Marvel. a rooted cutting. No, we didn't. From the plant therapy. I literally just oh. read that one. Sorry, guys. I'm really old. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> this is why my plants died. <laughs> no. Uh. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> the, the funniest part of that is that you're like trying to get us on track. Like, you're like, all right, these guys are talking too much. We're going to go to the next question. <laughs> Uh, okay, another question by Planty by the Bay. Best source for Hoya species info, i.e. origin, growing conditions, etc. I think we can post, because there's a lot of great places. There's a lot of people, um, you know, from personal experience, like Vermont Hoya mm-hmm. or... Um, my Hoyas, but then there's a lot of like publications if you want more of the official stuff. So we can yeah. post links for all of that. The yeah. publications like Stemma? Well, Stemma or... is a Facebook group though. Oh, so okay. for people who don't have it, like things done by um, some botanists that are out there right now, like Mikel Rada and um, like the lost like episode that. that we'll never publish where we tried to go through one <laughs> do you remember that oh okay so okay. those types of publications yeah yeah um, we'll post that in our show the notes. thing is i think lydia has lydia's so good at finding things because when i try to search publication because sometimes i want to know the history of a hoya like when it was first found etc i can't find anything lydia just like that pulls it up so i don't know she paid attention in school. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I want to say that there are a lot of Hoya out there right now that have not been published, don't have a lot of origin information, because now we're at a point where the hobby is going faster than the science. So, yeah. yeah. So just to put that out there. But yeah, we'll link some. Yes, we will. We will. All right. Well, quarantine.plant.mom says, hi, Hoya friends. How can I tell if my new vine slash shoot is ready to be bent to trellis? Um, We don't recommend bending them until it's long enough to still point upward, right? Yeah. And I would say if you want to trellis it sooner, just make sure it's not the end that's still growing. If it's the end, like the very tip of the end that's still growing, it may deter it from continuing. It might dry up. 
So yeah, just wait a little bit. Yeah. Um, the next trellis question we have is from at the dimpled gardener and they ask which Hoyas are best for trellising and which are best for leaving them to hang, which I don't know. It's just kind of a feeling or a study, but not, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like some people like will trellis Hoya that can do perfectly fine hanging, like Lacnosa, Lacnosa. that you, yeah. yeah. And I think it also has to do with like if you Bella trellis too. it. I've seen people, yeah. Bella, but Bella to me is like a hanging. Yeah. It, I've never seen someone try to Bella, like trellis a linearis though. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. Me neither. That's true. But for the ones that need to be trellised, it's kind of obvious. Like it starts putting out this like long vine and it just keeps on going up and up and up. Yeah. And it doesn't like put out any leaves and you just are ended up with this huge vine that just keeps on going, which for hanging Hoya, like it might put out like a vine, but it'll start putting out leaves and then start like going downward and you can kind of tell the direction that it's going, that it can be hanging. But Mm -hmm. also what I'll do if I'm not really sure is I'll just go on Instagram and look look at at what other people have done. And then see what I like. Because yeah. it can also be personal preference. Like, do you like how that looks trellised? Or do you like how it looks hanging? And then do whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, do, I do a lot of trellising because it helps with room. Mm-hmm. Helps plants not touch. Uh, but also a lot of my Hoya, like the bigger leafed ones, I feel like you have to trellis. Yeah. The big leafed Hoya seem to really like trellises. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing to consider. Yep, and usually, like, even the non-trellised ones, like Lacunosa and Bella, um, the really cool thing to watch is once those vines, like, dip down below the pot and release apical dominance for that growing vine, you always see it, like, pushing out new vines Mm -hmm. everywhere. So, like, one, all of my Hoya, all my Lacunosa started off as, like, one, they're just, like, one vine that was planted, and they've, they flourish into this, like, bush of a plant. But that's the same thing with Bella, Mm because you just gave me those two cuttings. Yeah, I know. And now I've just made them this gorgeous, huge plant. And if you all... How does it feel to be living in a dream, Adam? (laughs) That feels great. If y'all have seen the Instagram reel that we posted of the two Lacanosas that we had, literally started the exact same size. And Adam's just shooted out everywhere. (laughs) Shooted. (laughs) It done shooted. (laughs) It done grown. (laughs) From the apical dominance, but mine's finally doing it. So. Yeah, which is funny because I was like, I would never trellis a lacanosa in that there video. You go. They're trellis, yeah, but they yeah. are quite. The leaves are quite big. Like yeah. the lacanosa that I've trellised, the leaves are large leaves. Good size. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very perlite, or as Lydia says it, perlite. <laughs> Small white dots growing in substrate smell like mushrooms, good or bad. Oh, I didn't know mushrooms had a smell. Yeah, they, yeah, smell, they smell like earthy. Earth. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they. I love the smell of mushrooms. I gotta be honest. Mm-hmm. Me too. I do smell everything. The, the like the real ones. I know. love the look Not- of mushrooms. Oh, Jesse has cool. recently become obsessed with mushrooms. Mushrooms are fad right now, though. Yeah, they're so cute. Did well, you get any mushrooms when we were at IKEA and we were like, "Oh, look at these cute"? Oh, you weren't there. With her. That was just what Lydia and I. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I was probably having a lot of fun somewhere else. <laughs> you were. <laughs> oh, you were. But But no, I did see a lot when I was in Alaska and I was just like, oh my God, they're so gorgeous. And then I saw more when I was in DC. So it's just, yeah, they're so cute. Yeah. And I even bought a little um, print from 
a little craft fair in Alaska because I was obsessed. Yeah, Jesse is obsessed. But yeah, so mushrooms I've, do have a smell. Yeah. And I've yeah. seen like the little small white. I've even seen them in like yellow, like yeah. yellow white dots. But they always say like mushroom in soil means that you have good soil. Yep. So it it's nothing some to good be microbial activity. Yeah. It yeah. is terrifying though to pick up a pot and see those dots because they yeah. look like insect eggs. Like they look like they could be spider eggs or something. Or even like mold or something yeah. almost. And they look gross. Yeah. But it's good stuff. That means that your soil is good. So, yeah. it, you know, happy things. But yeah, once they come out, like you can pluck them out, you know, they don't have to live there forever, but it's a good sign. Okay, and our last set of listener questions will be in regards to Thin Leaf Hoya Care, um, WGSTFFF Fern, <laughs> is her name I know her, um, said Thin Leaf Hoya Care, cool humid versus warm humid versus don't effing look at me because I'll drop a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like every Thin Leaf Hoya I've ever had. <laughs> Which pairs well with uh, Will Halstrom's question of, how do you all deal with fussy hoya, like hypoplasia that need high heat and humidity? So when it comes to humidity, I know like hypoplasia especially, it people say are a tricky one. There are a lot of thin-leaved hoya that are kind of tricky, but I don't do anything special with mine. I was about to say this all excludes Adam who can grow hoya like sitting on a rock. Minor, they're all in humidity and they're all in at least 80% humidity. Mine are not. And um, yeah, they're all in like 80% humidity. Temperatures are the lowest my temperature gets in my cabinet is 68 degrees and the highest it ever gets is like 88 degrees. Do you do softer light on them or regular nope, same just um one of my cabinets has like t5s the other one is probably similar lumens so i would say yeah and there i don't temperature control so whatever temperature it is it is but it's not drastic temperatures yeah and i found that mine grow perfectly fine but i also don't change the environment drastically mm-hmm. it just falls and rises with the temperature of the season so consistency yeah. So basically, we don't have a whole lot of help to give you, <laughs> but but be consistent because mm-hmm. I know like if you feel like oh I'm not sure if this is right and you keep on moving your plant around, your plant can also struggle. So find a spot that you think is going to work well, keep it there for a little while, and unless it declines, I would say leave it there. Yeah. But you know, if it's not doing anything, leave it there. You know, as long as it's not dying actively, leave it there. And after some time, <laughs> it may do something. So just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> Should we leave it there, Lydia? <laughs> well, now that it's getting colder in other if states, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you think, like, I know a lot of people use like heat mats under their Hoya or in their cabinets. Um, Ooh, I've had that bad experience with heat mats. Yeah, I've never used one. But also I will say that uh, the lights that I use, the Monios L grow lights, I have them on those Ikea shelves of glass. And so the black the back of the lights that are on the shelf underneath kind of warm the shelf. So mm-hmm. I guess they act like a heat mat, mm-hmm. but my shelf, my, all my plants are. I don't know that it'd be smart to put a heat mat in a cabinet that gets humidity. Yeah. You have to make sure it's, you know, yeah, I weather feel safe. Like None of this advice is professional, professional. <laughs> nor are we liable for the things no. you do in your houses. Guys. But I've seen people <laughs> just like put the heat pad in there 
without but make sure it's like one of those like plant ones that's safe to use in mm. like a humid environment mm -hmm. and they just put it in there without it touching any of the plants just to make it warmer because they live in such a cold state but when heat i feel like at one point heat pads were like a fad mm -hmm. and everyone was using them so i bought one and i put them under my propagations because people were like oh it'll make them grow faster well it cooked everything <laughs> and i even had it on the lowest heat setting so then after that yeet i never used one again yeah. <laughs> so cooked it all yeah um i feel i feel a little bit lucky i know this probably isn't going to help everyone because you can't live in my house because i'm currently living in my house but our bedroom really? our bedroom i the, fit the way yeah. That, yeah the way that the sun w goes here in the seasons in the summer it kind of sets directly in that window so our bedroom always got like a lot of light but also warmth but in the winter the sun doesn't make it that far to shine in those bedroom windows that face south, which is weird because it, it kind of goes diagonal from yeah. where we're located. Um, so my bedroom, it gets light, because but it doesn't get like direct light and it doesn't, it is the coolest. <laughs> but. Nothing you, you're like, it gets light, but it doesn't get light, but it, it's cool, but it's not warm. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> It gets you. light because it reflects <laughs> off of like the, those cement walls mm. and the pool, but it doesn't get direct sun so it stays cooler in there so that's where i keep all my cold hoyas because mm -hmm. the person asked about cold humid or warm oh, yeah. humid anyway polyneural loves it this one was a bad one to end on because we just ended this episode of we do this don't do just medium maybe this maybe that <laughs> if it's growing leave it there if it's not growing leave it there yeah. and if it looks like it's dying leave, leave it, it there, there. And this Kind of west facing, kind of north facing, kind of in the yeah. middle, kind of not, kind of hot, kind of cold. <laughs> but I think that goes to yeah. say like everyone's growing experience is so different. Mm -hmm. But hey, we're sharing the tips and it happens if it happens yeah. to work for some people, that's great. And if it doesn't, you tell us what you do and maybe we'll try it. Yeah. And take your Bellas and your um, polyneuras out of your cabinets getting blasted with light and put them in like a cool dark place and they're going to love it. Yep. Polyneura, Bella do not need humidity. Oh yeah. no. So my polyneura and my Bella are in my bedroom because it cabinet. gets colder and it's a little darker in there and they thrive. They mm. love it. Ooh. But people, I have seen a lot of people and they probably grow in cabinets too. I'm not saying that they won't oh, grow yeah, in they cabinets. Will. But, but if you run out of room or... My huge pot of Bella... She's just living the best she life. She is huge and she's yeah. living the best life and she doesn't, and she goes dry quite often. And people are like, I, I can't like let a Bella go dry for a day. And yeah. I'm like, well, maybe you just like blasting her too much light. I don't know. But we wanted to end this episode from one of the comments from one of our followers, Mira Naomi, who said that she's like an avid um, planted tank and Hoya enthusiast. And she gave us some insight on Fluval. Planted oh, yeah. tank yeah. is fish tank, right? Yes. Or do they always have fish in them or sometimes no, it's just sometimes like plants? they don't. Yeah. Some people just love doing aquascaping. Oh, mm. okay, yeah. Which is cool. actually really beautiful, but yeah, but I can't, I can't get into it. No, don't hobby. look at it because if you do it actually, it's really pretty. <laughs> you guys <laughs> would. I'm like, I mean, uh, checking around water and water pumps. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I do have a bunch of fish tanks, but anyway, in one of our Hoya care tip episodes, we had talked about substrate. And one of the things that we talked about was fluval, fluval stratum or the aqua soil, mm -hmm. because none of us have really, really used it like extensively, but Jesse had a plant that was in it and she was like, it's turning into like mud. Still currently. <laughs> has yeah oh it's still in there 
Yeah. <laughs> but so she, that's Jesse's plant care routine. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so she said that stratum is actually not rocks, but it's tiny, compact soil beads that are meant to break down over time. It's sold as a spherical form because they want to make it easy to dump into a tank. But it's supposed to break down because it's supposed to be soil for aquascaping. Oh, because so, it would be messy AF and yes. gross to just dump a bag of soil yes. on, into your water. on top of your water. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. But they said that, um, you know, I've heard people using fuvel stratum to root cuttings only recently. And I was myself wondering how would that go over time? Um, I can see how it works in the short term, but not on the long as it breaks down to super fine, muddy, almost clayish soil. Yep. So, can confirm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep so. Jesse and I are going to do a... <laughs> A little repotting after uh, yeah. this recording. Also, we're going to do the ghost scene where, because oh. of clay. Oh, yeah. We're going to make it. Yeah. Uh, but she was I know like, what you mean. but she said, so I'm guessing it must be really good to jumpstart the rooting process, mainly because it's packed with nutrients, but I can't see how it could still be used once it starts breaking down. So, again, we haven't used it personally, but, yeah, but it I does would break say down. That not a great thing to have in. No, a in the long soil term. or like an inorganic like pond. Mix. Yeah. yeah, like don't actually actively mix it into something that you plan on using long term. Long term, yeah. Unless you're ready to rinse that out quite often and replace yeah. all of your substrate. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds like a lot. So one thing to think about, definitely. Um, but at the end, they said, I'm really stoked about your new podcast. I enjoy listening to you guys so much. So thank you so much for sharing Aww, that. Warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Warm and that's and, hard to get me into warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzies. <laughs> Jesse is especially grateful. <laughs> yes, because my poor little plant sitting in the thing of clay yeah, will we, one we day be repotted. We got to excavate yep. it. Oh my gosh. But yeah, but thank you so much, guys, for sending us listener questions. And hopefully it was helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you guys enjoyed this episode or if you guys are enjoying our podcast, what should they do? Uh, you should definitely leave us a review because that helps us get into the right people's ears. Other Hoya lovers out there, share with your friends. Maybe they don't like podcasts, but maybe they would like a podcast about Hoya. And, and we lots love, of laughter. Yeah. And we love reading the reviews. So please leave us one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lydia's like, we haven't had a new one in a while. And I'm, she's itching. Right? Well, unless you have bad things to say. Yeah, then don't fix. leave us one. <laughs> Head to the Just review kidding. section if you love us. Yeah. Uh, no, but also if you want to participate in future episodes like this, because I'm sure we'll do more listener question episodes. Yes. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We are at let's.talkhoya over there. And we'll post in stories if we want to do um, any sort of listener participation, con- participation contributions. Yeah. Um, because that's really our only way to, to speak with, with you guys. Yeah. But, right now. Yeah. But also... We do have our show notes on our website, which is linked, yeah, on the bio of our Instagram. So we put in nifty little links and pictures and stuff on there from each episode. And so take a look over there for more details. And then people can also buy some of the things that we normally like to use. Oh, yeah. Our Amazon storefront is also linked on our bio with the products that we talk about all the time. So if you are wondering where am I supposed to buy, you know, nutrients, microscope, 
anything you need, it's all linked. Yep. And you can also find us individually. My Instagram is at notdude. I'm at thegreenplant.az. And I'm at perritos y plants. Adios. Annyeong. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.